Hey guys, Jack here. Um, welcome back. So, a lot of good news. Um, one thing that is probably most pressing to you guys is that I am bringing someone into the fold to help me, and so that should allow for us to get episodes out more regularly. Also, I'm not super actively looking for, but I'm still looking for a new co-host, so if anyone comes to mind or if anyone is on the podcast who you'd really like to hear from more regularly, then send me suggestions, send me your thoughts. Uh, that can all come to jack at justhandspoker.com. Love to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Um, and as a reminder, we are brought to you by Solve for Why. The Solve for Why subscription site has been kind of killing it lately. I have a new series called Back to Basics, which I think is... If I had been sort of someone who had experience playing at the lower stakes and was looking to really sharpen my understanding and give me a foundation for how to go forward, this Back to Basics course is exactly what I would have wanted. And there's there's a ton of other great content on the site. Something new comes out every day, so the site is just getting more and more awesome as time goes on. I really highly recommend checking it out. I can now offer you guys a discount as Just Hands listeners. Um, if you use Just Hands 2019 as a checkout code, you'll get an additional 5% off. You can also use that checkout code if you're doing something like signing up for an academy or anything else in their store. Um, but that can all be found at solveforyacademy.com. Um, so if you've never checked that out, please do. Um, I'm really proud of the work that I've done for them and, and also really proud of what everyone else has done for that site. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It's another listener, uh, the fantastic Mike Bove. And yeah, uh, thanks, and we'll see you guys next week. Hello, and welcome back to Just Hands. Uh, we're here joined by another listener today. Today we have Mike Bove. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing well, although I'm a little under the weather, so I could be doing better, but I'm okay. <laughs> How's that for a vague answer? That's just what we like here. Great. So you are at Northeast Ohio, native? Native. Living in Chicago now? Correct. I'm from the Cleveland area. I live in Chicago, and I go back for the holidays, which was part of the reason I was there a couple of days before Thanksgiving this year. There being the Jack Casino downtown. Right. I was there, um, I think, the, the following day, so I just missed you. <laughs> next time. And next time. So this hand took place at 1-3? Correct. And I had th- only... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, for those of you guys who don't know the Jack, typically... There's one, maybe no, two five games happening, and so one three is the main game. Probably on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, there were fifteen tables running or something around there. One three three hundred cap. That feels right. I think there was maybe a two five, but I didn't feel. Sometimes I play two five. I didn't really feel like jumping in. Sometimes you just want like not to have to deal with stress. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> a bit, you know, and I'm just you know I I wouldn't call myself. I'm not like in any way aspiring to be a pro, uh, more of just like an advanced, casual sort of style guy. So Yeah, there's some good players in the 2-5 game. It's uh, one of the tougher 2-5 games that I've played in. I mean, Interesting. it's still very beautiful, yeah. but yeah, not easy. Yeah. Sure, sure. Do you want me to give you a sort of a... Yeah, give us the whole rundown. Okay. So at the time this hand occurred, I'd only been at the table for about 25 minutes, so still relatively new. Uh, however... I have a very laggy image. I've just been playing a lot of hands, 
Uh, a couple have gone to showdown, most haven't. And in this 25 minutes, I've built my stack from 300 to like 750. And there was one hand in particular, which comes into play maybe a little bit later on here, where this is like three hands prior. I had queen four of spades, and I had flopped a top pair, turned a flush draw, river two pair. And I, the action in that hand really doesn't matter. What matters is I show down my hand, uh, and I beat, you know, the guy had like king queen or something. And everyone was just kind of in an uproar about it. So I have this image where I'm just like coming to play some hands, which honestly I was. I was just kind of in that mood for whatever reason. But anyway, so that leads into this hand. Uh, King four suit is a good hand. I mean, everyone's well, dropping that from middle position. Sure, fair enough. I guess. I mean, I don't know. For me, I'm not usually playing that. But anyway, but the, just the way that people reacted to it, it was just kind of funny to me. But yeah, the, hand, the hand itself played kind of standard, I guess. So right, I've been yeah. there. Those sure. sorts of hands, especially like when you open them, I think get a little bit of a reaction. Yeah, people are used to seeing people open a hand sure. like six eight suited, and sure. a lot more surprised when they see someone open a hand like queen four suited. I guess they're just taught and that that's a bad hand. Also, like too at this table, um, I haven't been able to gather too much, but most people are kind of like limpy and, and sort of passive, and then fit or fold. So. Yeah, that just kind of that hand doesn't fall into like the range of hands that they ever would do that with, I guess. The guy in question in that hands, he was he's kind of like one of the two. Well, actually, I would say one, like the sort of action player at the table that I was in, in that pot with. But that doesn't really. I'm digressing. So, yeah, most of the other people at the table, besides for in this hand the button, you know, are pretty sort of passive type players. So the under the gun limps, uh, and then I have Jack Nine of Hearts. So I make it 15, and it folds around to the guy in the button, who kind of surprisingly folds, so he must have had some garbage. And then the small blind makes it 45, and it folds to me. And the small blind uh, is this guy who, he is in his 30s, probably, or late 20s, somewhere in that range, uh, wearing Beats headphones, nicely trimmed beard, you know, kind of looks like me, honestly. I'm like similar looking white guy okay uh yeah so we've got jack nine suited we opened to 15 got three bet to 45 did you say the effective stack is around 750 he he has yeah like we have basically the same stack and i'll say in the time that i've been at the table which hasn't been long i haven't really seen him play hands maybe like one hand that he took down on the flop or something but in my head uh i've just kind of categorized him as sort of like a, a standard solid tag type. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, so it comes back to me, and I ended up just flatting, and my thought process for that was I have a, I guess, relatively disguised holding for one, which, you know, works both ways. I feel like I, you know, just because I've been playing a lot of hands, I can leverage a lot more boards than this small blind three bet, which may be on the narrower side, especially from a tag player. And then I do just end up touching a lot of flops in various ways. Um, but even if I don't, it's not like a huge problem. We're in position as well. We close the action, which is good. And I also, I don't want to fold. It's kind of a small three bet, right? Like if I'm in the small blind, I might want to make it 55, maybe 60. So it's on the smaller side. I don't want to fold. I don't want to four bet and then have to fold. So it felt like call was the best option there, pre-flop. Yeah, I think 
calls very uncontroversial. I wouldn't really consider anything else. How do you feel about just like opening this hand under the gun plus one? I think that's like one thing I've been questioning myself if I should even do it. Um, I think it has a lot to do with how often you're going to get three bet. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that you got three bet is evidence that maybe you shouldn't open it. But I think if you identify that the person at the table who was most likely to counter you by a three betting was in the small blind and you were deep with that player, then I think opening again becomes very solid. Like I would, sure. I would normally, this is a hand where I'm thinking two with a limp. I would normally open unless I expected for some reason to face a lot of resistance. And given your image, that might be the case and over limping can be a reasonable option there. Okay. But this is sort of a standard open for me. And then when you get three bit to 45 by an out of position player, uh, we just have a really easy call. And what's nice also about this hand is on the sorts of boards that we're, where we flap equity, like on a 10 8 type of board, we can leverage pretty effectively on those. So our, our hand sure. works well in the context of our range and where we have strengths and our opponent doesn't have strengths. Sure. So I call. The pot is 90 bucks, and the flop comes queen, deuce, queen, with two hearts and one club, queen, deuce of hearts. And the small blind bets 45, which is a half pot, and I decide to call. I guess my thinking here is, well, obviously we flopped a flush draw, number one, but number two, can't exactly put them on a lot of queens, queen x, because... You know, there, there's two of them on the flop, and there's only two combos each of king, queen, and ace, queen. That those are the only hands I would see him three betting from the small blind, maybe. Uh, so like, he doesn't automatically have to have a queen. <laughs> yeah. Like overpairs, overpairs, obviously, maybe like ace, king of hearts, I guess, or just ace, king. So for the same reasons, I don't feel I should raise. Same reasons as preflop, because hmm. I don't want to be blown off. Well, and, what do you think is going to blow you off your hand? Well, I mean, I guess if he just comes back over the top, because like, it's hard for me to have a queen too, right? I don't think it's that... To be honest, I don't think it's that hard for you to have a queen. I mean, obviously, okay. most of your range is not queens, but sure. you're opening a good deal of queens. Like You're opening all, all Broadway queens, probably queen nine suited, and none of those fold to this three sure. bet. So, well, yes, like, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe this is just like a, a, a bit of flawed thinking because it's sort of like an auto, like whenever you flop a flush draw, it's like the worst thing ever to get raised off it. So there's like a fear there, right? And maybe that's like unwarranted in certain spots or something. Yeah, I think that getting, I mean, getting raised when we have a flush draw isn't great, but when we have the jack high flush draw, I don't think it's quite as bad. And the main reason I like raising here is because I mean we just showed down queen four suited, so it's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, right. We obviously have a lot of queens, and I think that a lot of our queens like to raise this board. You know, it's not going to get any less ugly for a hand like aces or kings. Not that it's such an ugly flop for those hands, but interesting point. Like, I guess if I do raise, what does he do with aces, right, or kings? I don't, I don't see uh, how he can if he three bets those hands, and we end up folding jack nine yeah. of hearts. Like, it's not great, but yeah. he's really losing a lot every time we have a queen. And so I think sure. what's most likely face, or when we raise, is that we only get three bet by 
dominating hard draws in Queen X. And mm-hmm. against those hands, we have not very much equity and are probably fine just folding. So, yeah. I, Makes I, a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. True. I think, I think the fact that you just show down Queen 4, it kind of goes both ways because now it's clear that you have a lot of flush draws, but you really have a lot of queens. And also, flush draws aren't like two napkins. Like, flush draws are pretty powerful hands as well. Sure. And so, I think you kind of force your opponent to fold hands like ace-king, even ace-king with a heart. Aces and kings, I think, are pretty likely to fold the turn if they don't fold the flop. Under pairs to queens, I think, are, you know, whether this is rational or not, more likely to fold now. How how happy, I mean, are we, like, pretty happy with just ending the hand right now, do you think? I don't think it's imperative. Yeah. But we're, also part of the reason I think we want to raise is because... You know, we're in position with a strong hand, and I think we'll we'll make better decisions than our opponent because we're in position, and we have, sure. you know, an information advantage with the drawn <laughs> hand. So, I think there yeah. will be a lot of incentive to ra- raise for various reasons. When we, when we just flat, and the turn is a heart, I think we're very likely to get checked to, and so it sort of limits our upside when we have the flush. Like, I don't think this is a spot where you make your flush and you get stacks in good that often. Sure. And so since that's unlike it, like if you had ace 10 of hearts, then I think it's a different story. Mm-hmm. And I think we're a lot more incentivized to keep worse hands in. Yeah. What's a good raise size here? Like 180? I don't think you need to go that big. Or, um, it, okay. depends on, it depends on how you want to approach turns. I think that in some spots, you know, I'm setting up sort of a turn over bet jam, but I don't think this is one of one of those spots. I think this is more of a spot where we want to try and leverage on the turn rather than on the flop. So I would probably raise small on the flop and then bet. Okay, so we have like 700 in the stacks. Our mm-hmm. opponent bets 45 dollars. I'd probably raise to something like 115. Mm-hmm. Looking to bet something like two hundred and fifteen or so on the turn, yeah, and I think that's both consistent with how we might want to play a queen <laughs> as well as how a lot of the field plays a queen. I think the field is conditioned to see these small imposition raises as pretty nutted, which is gonna I think work to our advantage here, and also too, like you make a good point because now you get potentially three streets where you have fold equity that you can. Uh, make work for you, you know, versus obviously not if you just call, right? Like, you have the bullet on the flop, turn, and river for for them to fold, so. When we choose this strategy, like, when we bet 200 and something on a blank turn and are faced with a call, I think that's often a sign that our opponent has decided to call us down. Sure. And we can sort of free the river, just shove yeah. on hearts. And not that shoving with hearts has no risk. All salient points, Jack. I like it. Definitely something I did not consider sitting at the table. But I think it kind of goes back to, I don't know, sometimes you got to like just really sit down and, and reanalyze like your whole game and things that you just kind of do automatically like like this, like, oh, I have a flush draw, I call. Like, it's never that simple. But like, I feel like sometimes we kind of get, you know, ingrained to like certain ways of, of, of acting, right? So 
Yeah, it's absolutely. useful. It's useful to like zoom out and look at something like this because honestly, I never considered a race, but you make a compelling argument. Yeah, I think there's actually there's a lot of hands you could raise here. Like I think when you have a hand like Ace Jack of Spades or Ace Jack of Diamonds, those also make good bluff raises. They don't make mm-hmm. as good of barrels though. Those are nice because we're blocking our opponent from having Ace Queen of or Ace Queen suited. Sure. Which they think our opponents. Most likely Queen X. Those can make yeah. better triples, I think, than our hearts, since I don't think we want to block hearts when we triple. But yeah, I, I think you have enough queens that you can have a, a reasonably sized bluff raising range here. Makes sense. Do you think calling is wrong? Like inherent like is it kinda close or is like call a really worse option you think than raise here? I think it's clearly worse, but call is clearly plus EV, so you know, it'd be hard for me to say that raising here is so positive EV that mm. it's you know you're losing like more than ten or fifteen dollars. But I, I do think the difference is probably around that magnitude, you know, ten dollars or so difference mm-hmm. between raising and calling, which in a you know three to four big blinds is significant. Sure. Okay. Shall we move on? Or? Yeah. So we call. We're heads up to the turn. With 180 yes. in the pot. Yes. And we do turn our flush. The turn is the six of hearts. The villain bets again, which is a little bit surprising. And he bets 110 into 180. And another thing about these bets, so like a little note, is as far as like timing, they've been the same pretty much every time. Pre-flop, flop, and now turn. Uh, same amount of time, I guess. So it's not like the six hit and he tanked for 15 seconds before betting. It was like, a very similar timing, so hard to read into exactly what that means. But yeah, so he bets 110 to me. What do you make of that? I mean, it could be a number of things. I'm trying to put myself in, in this player's mindset. Mm-hmm. Since I think players tend to play differently against someone they perceive to be wide and aggressive sure. than they're going to play against most of the field. So against a lot of the field, I think that players would shut down, or not shut down, but at least begin with a check. Mm -hmm. A lot of hands like aces and kings, maybe even ace-queen on this card. But I think against a player that's perceived to be wide, they might feel emboldened to continue betting their hand for value slash protection or just not wanting to face a bet or preferring to bet themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a pretty strong case for calling. I think against... In a lot of situations, I would prefer call. But I think that against this player, who is maybe more likely to be bluffing you, more likely to be going within value, and perhaps more likely to call you with worse, I think raising is a lot more justified. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Well, yeah. I mean, essentially, my thoughts are pretty pedestrian, which is, okay, I hit my hand. It's probably good now. So I want to get all the money in the middle, of which we have a lot left. So I feel like if I call this 110, the pot becomes 400, and that leaves us with, like, how much is that? 550-ish behind, I think, roughly, which is kind of, you know, that's not the way to get the money in because then, you know, he can just bet. I I guess he could shove, I suppose, but I don't... It feels optimistic. If I raise here 
I was really trying to consider what kind of size to raise to because if I, you know, I don't know, if I make it 350, say, now, it's like it folds out all of his bluffs and he only jams with like a better hand than mine. At least I would think. It's kind of like suicide otherwise. But I still wanted to raise, and so that's how I arrived at my choice, which was I min-raised to 220, which is like something I never really do. <laughs> but it felt it felt right in the moment, because I do think, I mean, I don't know about the play now that I'm like thinking it over and like talking about it, but it felt good because it sets up like a nice-sized river shove for one. I do get called by worse, and then, you know, it does maybe induce him to shove here, which I guess, I don't know how I'd respond to that, but I don't know. That's what I ended up doing, <laughs> for, for whatever reason. Uh, I think I was expecting a call, uh, and then a check river where I, then I could easily shove. That That's what I was hoping for. Also, like, min raises are so irritating, so maybe, <laughs> maybe I can induce something. I don't know, but... Yeah, my main reason was just to get more money in, and this felt like the most efficient way to get stacks in on the river was to do this rather than just make it a larger size. Mm -hmm. So I definitely understand that train of thought, and I like that you're thinking of pot construction in this way, and I, I think that this shows, you know, w whether you know whether our opponent meant it this way or not. I think he chose a good sizing. Mm -hmm. um, when he bets larger, it makes our raise size pretty trivial. We just obviously shove, and he's sort of putting himself in a spot where a lot of his hands that have equity are in a tough situation. When he bets 110, he makes it so that we risk a lot more on a shove, and when we decide to choose a smaller size, like 220, his hands that have equity can call. Yeah. And so... I think that was wise of him um, if he intended it. Sure. Do you think, um, well, because shoving never entered my mind. Is it like just with how much money there was behind, it seemed a little bit ridiculous? Um, I guess, is it? <laughs> no, I don't think it is. I would shove. Okay. Yeah, I think the, the problem with the small raise is that when our opponent has it, he's just going to come over the top, most mm -hmm. likely. Mm -hmm. And so we don't we don't really save money by choosing this line. Like maybe we can raise hold, but that's a little dangerous as well. It's not the type of thing I like to do against players that I don't have, you know, a significant read on. Because when we raise to twenty, and our opponent has a hand like Ace King with Ace of Hearts, and he thinks that you know we're full of shit, and even if we have a flush, we're in a tough spot. I think it's a mm -hmm. pretty easy spot to just try and bluff shove. And I mean, okay. and so that's, I mean, that's honestly a, a reason to raise to 220 to try and induce, but I think that players will opt to just take their price often enough that that's not the best situation for us. And I think especially when our opponent has aces or kings with a heart, he's very unlikely to raise and has good equity. Like, that's, that's what I don't like about this raise is that when our opponent has hands like aces with the ace hearts, kings with the king of hearts, he's got like eight or nine outs, two queens, two aces or kings, and seven hearts. It's like 11 outs. And we're, so we're giving our opponent the right price to call, which doesn't mean 
that's not always a reason not to choose a sizing. Like sometimes our, we're incentivized to choose a sizing that gives our opponent opponent's range, you know, the right incentive to call with a lot of hands. But I think in this situation, we're likely enough to get heroed by hands like aces, kings with a heart, as well as hands like, you know, ace, queen, that I would just go ahead and shove. And if we get hands like aces, kings, ace, king with a heart to fold, it's not a, a terrible outcome. Sure. And we can also consider the fact that cards like a deuce or a six, you know, while that those don't hugely improve our opponent's range, it does make it difficult for us to get value on the river. So like yeah. when it comes a deuce or a six and it checks to us, we probably knuckle back. Maybe we go for it. I mean, I wouldn't think it was a terrible play by any means, but it makes it a little harder to get value. Yeah. And I guess my plan was on any quote-unquote scare card on the river, be it like a heart, ace, or king, to just shut down then yeah and so there's there's just a lot of cards like that where you know we can get the max from a hand like ace queen now and can't get the max from a hand like ace queen when the heart comes on the turn even if we still end up winning the pot Mm -hmm. so i think your opponent made a good bet size and because he made a good bet size we chose this smaller sizing and i i think there was logic behind that but i think you're better off just you know, the situation's not getting any better for you. We're mm-hmm. doing well against our opponent's range. We can shut out a lot of equity. I think we want to just pile. Okay. If it wasn't, if our opponent had a much wider bluffing range, then I think it makes more sense to slow play. But given that it's a three bet pot and there's a reasonable chance that our opponent is three betting a fairly nutted range, it makes trying to induce bluffs, I think, less profitable since our opponent just has fewer available plus. Sure. I guess it's that's another like thing to consider is like it's it's okay to end the hand, you know, which I was like, wow, that's a disaster. I don't want to do that. Yeah, you're <laughs> you're putting the impetus on your opponent to make the right decision. Yeah. So you're saying when your opponent has aces or kings or ace king with a heart and has a hand that has equity went behind and also just might be good, you're saying like, all right, now you have to make the right decision. Yeah. You have to like have the discipline to fold to this, you know, maniac player. And a lot of people fail that test. And so... Yeah, that's interesting. But I like the raise. I think against okay. a, an opponent who was very likely to check hands like aces, kings, ace-king with a heart, just calling would be best. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, since we just don't have... Against that range, that has a lot less sort of merge then we're kind of just raising into a range that's polarized around our hand, and we're not incentivized to do that. Sure. Cool. So bring us to the river. The river is interesting. It's the six of diamonds. So there's 630 in the pot now. Uh, The final board, queen, deuce, queen, six, six, with three hearts. And in the same sort of timing manner, the villain shoves for 350 or so, and it's on us now. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. The way, what I was thinking about, oh, a little note before like this happens is before he calls the, the turn, he has a statement where he says, oh, you have queen four again, huh? And then calls. It doesn't take him long to call, but he does say that like as he puts the chips in. So I don't really know what to make of that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you know, I don't think that really influences anything, but 
it, you know, it is part of like the hand, I guess. So, uh, okay. So the river comes a six and it's a double paired board and he shoves. I don't know. I was really torn because how often do you see a big river shove at one three, which is like, you know, incredibly rare. I think, I guess I don't know the Jack that well, but at least in my experience, but it's, I don't know. It kind of, for me, kind of went back to the flop thought where it's like, how many queens does he have? Which I don't think there are many because that's really like what the question is now. I think, is, you know, does he have a queen? I, I suppose, I don't know. He doesn't, he doesn't three bet deuces. He doesn't three bet like six X. So it's like ace queen or king queen, right? And ace king, like, I don't think he does it with ace king of hearts. Or like a big flush because, you know, that feels like suicide on this board. What were my other thoughts here? I don't know. And it seems like maybe, you know, if he's a thinking player, or at least like thinking about the game, at least on a similar level than we are, which I kind of like judged based on his looks like he does, wouldn't he like want to try to leverage all the fold equity he could here? Because like if I have a queen... You know, I'm putting it all in anyway. And if I don't, like, he makes me make a tough decision. So, like, shoving is really the only way he could win the pot. At least that's what I kind (laughs) of... I took, like, I don't know, a minute to a minute and a half to, like, think through this. Because my initial thought is, like, oh, I fold. But I don't know. I just paused and I started thinking about it. And also the pot odds are somewhat attractive, I suppose, yeah. like three to one. And yeah, you know, he, he, he kind of has the look of someone who could pull that move. I wouldn't call, I don't think, any other player at the table at the time who did this. But I kind of like, I don't know, I lumped all that together. I lumped together his like physical image, like that little needle on the turn, pot odds factor, and just the fold equity thought. And I kind of just arrived at a call. And... He showed, he said good call and showed the king of hearts and folded. So, mocked rather. <clears throat> and we win. But yeah, what do you think about that call? Because <laughs> I just, I don't know. <laughs> but it felt right at the time, I guess. Yeah, I think it's a, a very good call. So before considering what he said on the turn, mm-hmm. I think just if we're just looking at this as sort of a purely like how much ace-king is there relative, or ace of hearts-king, or ace-king of hearts relative to ace-queen here Mm -hmm. i think that the answer is either very close like almost a one-to-one ratio or more ace of hearts king depending on i think this player is more likely to three bet ace king offsuit than ace queen offsuit or just most players are and so i think that just the combinatorics are shifted in our favor to make this call i think when when you're as active as you've been and are sort of inducing some out of the ordinary play and i think the fact that you were bet into on the turn the fact that you were three bet in the first place the fact that he said something, you know, regardless of the contents of what he said, shows that this is like not an ordinary situation. And so mm. I think that that is all sort of evidence that when we have it, we shouldn't fold. Mm-hmm. The last thing that makes me go from, you know, I think it's a, a clear fold to like a crystal clear fold is that I think people are typically pretty honest. Like they're, they're, they don't come out and say exactly what they mean. When this guy said you have queen four, I doubt he thought you actually had queen four. And that's what got me a little bit. I'm like, he knows, like, why would he say that if he didn't have a queen? It kind of tripped me up. Well, I think he said that because he doesn't have a queen. Mm-hmm. I think if he had a queen, he wouldn't be thinking that you also had a queen. 
and that you had a worse queen. Yeah. And if he thought that, he wouldn't say it. Like, mm-hmm. I think the fact that he said, do you have a queen, is evidence that he doesn't have a queen. Because he's he was already thinking on the flop that maybe he had a queen. Now he's thinking, like, this guy's min-raising me, maybe he has a queen. And he asks, he says, oh, you have queen four again. Like, I think that the honesty, the sort of honest quality of almost all poker comments, I think that manifests in this comment in just him not having a queen very often when he says this. Now that doesn't mean, I'm not saying that he has necessarily like a bluff. He could have aces. He could have, he could have the nut flush. Like who knows? But I, I think mm-hmm. he, uh, is unlikely to have a queen. And so then when he jams on this river card where queens become very valuable to have, I think that it sort of shifts his range away from queen X. And so yeah, I think that this was a very good call. Very good call. And I, I definitely understand, but, like, I think this is very yeah. commendable to, not just think like, because I understand the feeling like, oh, this is a fold. It's like the six comes and you're like, damn, he shoves. You're like, damn. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and it takes some presence to think through the situation and arrive at what I think is very much the right decision, but not like obviously the right decision and a decision that takes some nuance and understanding like profiles and the situational dynamics. No, I, I like this. I think that even though I disagreed with the flop and turn action, I think this was a very well-played hand. I think you're, you're thinking about most of the right things. I think on the, the flop, essentially, you, you just sort of miss the fact that you can represent so many queens, which was sort of evidenced yeah. by the fact that he said, oh, you have queen four again. Right. And on the turn, I think you just, I guess, are uncomfortable overbetting in this kind of spot. And I think that's... Reasonable yeah, sense. that's just not a play I do a lot because I don't think it gets called a lot. But the fact that you know, <laughs> I think the fact that you min raised showed a nice presence that, like, obviously you could. It'd be really hard for you to be bluffing or to have any like raise folds when you make it three fifty or something. Yeah, um, so you give your opponent very little incentive to bluff you. And so when you make it two twenty, I think that there's a case for it. And the case mostly rests on you know this guy I think is just going to pile. When he has hands like ace king with a heart. But yeah, I think that just shoving is by no means too large and just get, just get it done is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're not, I think a big thing to think about is if there's very few situations where I'm saving money against my opponent's best hands, then you're, you're sort of liberated. It's like you, people want to win the max and lose them in. And. Right. It's very hard to do. It's very uncommon when you have a situation where you can do both of those things. Yeah. And so when you accept that, like, this is probably a spot where I am going to lose the max when I'm beat, then you just we got can to be okay with that thought. Yeah. That's and then we good... can just sort of shift to like, how can I win the max? Mm-hmm. How can I deny the max? And I think both mm-hmm. of those are accomplished through shoving. Yeah, I mean, clearly, you know, the deny factor is big because I did not do that on the turn. He obviously had a heart, right? So, yeah, maybe not the best thought. But yeah, I like that. Just being okay with like, this is just where I lose sometimes. It's a hard thought for to have as a poker player. Yeah, it's know? not fun to just say like, all right, I, I'm accepting that I'm just, you know, kissing $750 behind. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I'm, yeah. I'm used to playing for a lot more money than that now, and it's still sort of like... It's not a fun thought. Never change it. No. But it's, I don't imagine. That's what that's it takes. Po- you know? Yeah, right. Did you care to discuss what what happened after this hand, or is that not really part of... Oh, no, sure. Let's talk about it. I forgot. Okay. I haven't looked at the hand history since you initially sent it. 
Okay. So that was back at Thanksgiving. Well, I was just, I just, I don't know. I'd be curious what, what, you know, your thoughts are in this sort of like scenario. So yeah, we obviously like show down our hand and this guy just gets like very salty, right? Just making comments like, Oh, please like call my three bet every time with hands like that. Like blah, blah, blah. And I always allow a certain amount of time period for like people to blow off steam because yeah, like you just said, it kind of sucks to like lose a bunch. But, like, I don't know, after a certain amount of time, like, all right, I have to, like, say something because it's like, I, well, I can hear you sitting right here <laughs> and you're, like, criticizing me. So it's time to, like, move on. And so, like, I eventually, like, said, I don't remember what I said, but, you know, more like that. Like, hey, man, like, sorry, like, I like to play hands, like, you know, time, like, let's, let's just move on. And this guy kind of just had that he had it out for me for, like, the rest of the session, which didn't last long because I just, like, left because I couldn't, I couldn't stand it anymore. But, like, I just, you know, he would be like staring at me when I wasn't in hands and shit like this. And, you know, as soon as a, as soon as a seat opened up on my left, I mean, within like, like two seconds, he was like seat change and like moved to get positioned for me. Like obvious, like it's obvious why he's doing this and blah, blah, blah. And, and just continued to needle me when I decided to pick up my chips and leave. Cause like the thing is, you know, like I said, I'm like a casual advanced kind of guy. Like I don't play all the time. I play. I don't know, at most once or twice a week, you know, like maybe not even for a month sometimes, depending on my schedule. So it's like, I don't play all the time. And when I go, I like to enjoy myself, be it like if there's table talk or maybe I'm like really in the zone that day, like whatever. Like I'm not going to kind of like eat shit from this guy. And it just kind of bugged me because like, you know, it, my enjoyment of the game was like ruined. I had planned on staying there like all night. I ended up like leaving because it's it just, I don't know, it just got under my skin and it like bugs me because I don't know why, like the integrity of the game is important to me. And, and I was just thinking if I was just sort of like a casual dude, like I would be like, I'm never playing poker again. Like, why would I go and sit with these miserable people? Like it just is not, <laughs> it's not conducive to like anything. And so I guess, I don't know, I'm wondering, have you ever like had any sort of like nemeses at the table who did this sort of thing to you? And then like, what, you know, what is the best way to respond? Because I've never had someone like this outwardly aggressive towards me uh, after winning a pot off them. It was like a first. Yeah, this happens to me a lot. <laughs> okay, well, that's good to hear, I guess. <laughs> um, there have definitely been times where I don't want it, but... Overall, I'm a fairly, I'm fairly comfortable with confrontation. Like I kind of, as long as I don't feel like my life is in danger. And there have been times where like, I haven't really felt like my life is in danger, but I felt like if I pushed the situation, like mm -hmm. maybe this guy across the table from me is actually unstable enough to like try and harm me. Sure. And so in that kind of situation, like, you know, I think just trying to deescalate the situation is best. But a lot of times I'm, I'm happy to, just like deal with assholes like this and sort of re-asshole them. Uh, <laughs> so that might not be the approach that you are looking to take, you know, when no. you're like casually. No, I'm more of a de-escalate just in general in life, you know? So yeah. Yeah. I think just table changing is, and just understanding. I mean, I, I know you know this, you sound like an empathetic person, but just understanding that, you know, this frustration I'm sure is a manifestation of like, a litany of things that this guy yeah, is no happy doubt. about with his life. And yeah, that's normally, it might be a little condescending even, but that's normally what I think about when people are acting like this is I just, 
my initial the doubt there's other shit going on in their lives etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah I, I i do the same thing it's and it doesn't justify it but it makes no. me you know it sort of shifts the mindset from like why is this guy doing this to me like what did i do to deserve this like he's ruining the yeah. game to man this is a game that attracts some people who are very unhappy yeah <laughs> a lot of, for a lot of them it's you know i think just sort of psychological reinforcement of them feeling like they are an unlucky person who lives an unlucky life. And they, there's something sure. about being at the poker table and losing that seems fitting and just sort of like is internally coherent. So yeah, I, I guess when I think people are really upset and like sad, I normally just try and de-escalate the situation. When I think people just like to be an asshole, then I'll normally go along with the confrontation until, sure. I mean, <laughs> until- I, Otherwise. I just don't mind it because I don't mind getting, I don't mind battling. Um, sure. And so if this guy like comes on my left, then. Yeah. Like, what do you, you know, would you table change? Because like I, you know, I did end up table changing, but I only stayed for like another half hour to an hour because I was just like, I don't know. It's just not fun anymore. But yeah. yeah, like as soon as he moved over there, I'm just like, oh God, this guy's like out for vengeance or whatever. And like, I just don't want to deal with it, you know? Yeah, that's fair. And I mean, if you want to keep playing the frequencies that you were playing, then you probably have to <laughs> have to move. I know. But yeah, I like. Yeah. I obviously understand that playing out of position is less profitable, and my strategy is such that I look for opportunities to play in position. That being said, I do really enjoy playing out of position, and especially Just, if, if I think someone is like coming after me and I'm mm-hmm. out of position, I think it's yeah. a, a fun challenge, and I have a lot of tools at my disposal to deal with that. Yeah, namely chip yeah. raising and leading. So it's something that doesn't bother me, but I think the way you handled it by just like leaving the table was smart. And yeah, I hope that that doesn't happen too often. I'm lucky to be in the home game scene, mostly in New York. Sure. So that's obviously not tolerated to the same degree. Sure. You'll just get uninvited from the game. Right. That's that. Sure. I don't do home games anymore. I uh, I don't know. Maybe in New York it's different, but I just found the vibe, at least here in Chicago, to be very seedy sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. there's definitely a lot of seedy games. I'm pretty selective with what home games I'll play. Sure, and, sure. And yeah, people who are like listing their games on Craigslist <laughs> are not yeah. among the games that I'll go to. Sure. But well, if uh, if you ever find yourself in Chicago, I run a pretty fun one-one. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. That would be fun. My brother was yeah. in Chicago, so. Oh, right on, man. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I do it like once a month. There's no dealer. There's no rake. Like, we just get drunk and splash around. So. All right. All right, well, we're still on the air. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. I had a lot of fun. I thought it was a good hand. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for coming on, and hopefully I'll catch you in Chicago soon. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. It was nice talking to you and, and fun to hear your thoughts about this.